Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Would you say you have a childlike faith in Jesus Christ? Do you come to Jesus knowing your complete and total need for him in every aspect of your life? Do you have a habit and lifestyle of bringing others to Jesus and Jesus to others? Let's open our Bible now to Mark chapter 10 and see what the Lord has for us in this remarkable account. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. Today is Thursday, uh, January 28th. Hopefully everyone is doing well and uh, hopefully you all have had a, a good January in Jesus. January in Jesus, Jesus in January. You in Christ, Christ in you. There's no better January than a January in Jesus. The only better January would be a January that was not only in Jesus, but had more Jesus and more Jesus than that. So what do we got left? Four days of January. Let's just have them filled with Jesus. Just be spending time in the, in our Bible and the word of God, spending time in, um, in prayer, spending time in Thanksgiving. You know, you can spend time just going to Jesus and just thanking him thanking him for all his goodness and all his mercy and all his provision, really in every aspect of your life. Uh, you spend time in, in repentance, um, just, you know, going before Jesus and acknowledging the areas of your life that, uh, that are not as they ought to be, uh, whether it be in your thoughts, right, Lauren, in your words or in your actions. We just go to Jesus and say, Lord, man, I, I'm sorry. And I do repent. And all of these things help us grow in relationship, grow more, more intimate, grow to know Jesus better. It's important to understand that none of these things do anything at all regarding our salvation. Our salvation, going to heaven, being forgiven of our sin, is based entirely on what Jesus has done on your behalf and in your place and on my behalf and in my place. We're saved by trusting completely and totally and only in Jesus alone and not in ourselves or anything else at all. Really, we come to salvation when we acknowledge that, that we are completely hopeless and our entire hope lies in Jesus Christ as our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Today, we're just going to talk about four verses. For most of you, they may be a, a famous four verses. It's, uh, it's Mark chapter 10, verses 13, 14, 15, and 16. And it's just a short little account of people bringing children to Jesus, little children, and how that account goes regarding what the disciples try to do and what Jesus says to them. Uh, to them. And there are just some remarkable, remarkable insights in here. My, uh, my brother Jesse taught us this. He was the, uh, uh, the Bible study teacher this past Tuesday. And him and Patricia, uh, they're a couple. 
they had studied this uh, on several occasions and they they studied it um they studied it zealously and they studied it for a long time near a couple hours on uh on monday uh in preparation for uh for jesse to to lead the bible study so i do i do appreciate you guys and then uh, then today my uh the last full study i had on it i did with uh with patricia uh, my sister and her and i did this uh did this together at a restaurant we went through these scriptures together and we we talked about them and uh so i thank you patricia for your help and jesse just man incredible job in uh and uh and opening this up for us so we're gonna go ahead and pray and then uh we'll get rolling thank you lord jesus thank you lord for the word of god thank you lord jesus that we have these accounts of your interactions with your uh with your disciples lord and how you interacted with them and they with you lord um, Father, we just love you and we bless you and we thank you. As always, Father, we thank you for the word of God. And most of all, we thank you for the son of God. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We love you. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen and amen. All right. For those following along in the reading, um, if you're in the podcast app, the reading uh, along with some notes. Um, uh, I have a lady, uh, Susanna, who has been very helpful with the notes. I want to thank her for uh, her willingness. To, uh, she sits through these podcasts, and she, uh, she's been taking really exceptional notes. And as always, Stephen does a good job in putting it all together. So I appreciate everybody. Um, Mark 10, 13, 14, 15, and 16. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them. But the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them and blessed them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So it's quite an account. And the most startling thing I believe about this account, and again, Jesse did a good job of bringing this out, is, uh, you know, how, how could the disciples have been so backward? How could they have been so wrong? People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. We don't know, as I was discussing with uh, Patricia this morning, we don't know how long some of these people came, right? She mentioned this. Uh, they could have came. Uh, we don't know how long the journey could have been. Uh, Jesse had brought up there were times in Africa when we were, uh, we were over in Mozambique and teaching the word of God. Um, my brother Armando, my brother Ezekiel, and we were, we were all over the place and uh, deep in the African bush, and sometimes five, ten, up to 30 churches would gather. And the people would come from all around, and there were people that would come from as far away as a two-day walk. It would take them two days 
to journey on foot to where Jesse and I had gone to, to teach the word of God. Try to imagine that. We get annoyed if we got to drive to church for 20 minutes. And by the mercy of God, life has gotten so convenient, you can open up your iPhone, come to this podcast, and listen to the Word of God being taught. You don't have to walk two days to go to hear the Bible being taught. But over there, they would walk up to two days, Armando would tell us. Two days. I don't know what a two-day walk is. Now imagine... People were bringing little children to Jesus, verse 13, so that Jesus would lay his hands on them and bless them. And imagine you walk two days to bring, to bring your child to Jesus so that Jesus would lay his hands on the child and bless the child. And one of Jesus' disciples is telling you, get out of here. Jesus got no time for you. That'd be pretty discouraging, wouldn't it? See, we're not told how long, but, but people were trying to come to Jesus and bring their children. Children don't bring themselves, right? It says little children. So people were bringing, being intentional about bringing children to Jesus. Probably most of these were parents, but it could have been anybody. It could have been neighbors. It could have been friends. It could have just been somebody that said, hey, Jesus is in the next village I'm going to take all these kids so Jesus can lay his hands on them. And we're going to get into that in a minute about, do we have that same heart to bring our children to Jesus? Or do we have that same heart to bring others to Jesus like these people did? But it is truly remarkable that the disciples rebuked the people because undoubtedly they thought that, that these people were bothering Jesus, right? They undoubtedly thought that Jesus had more important things to do than to put his hands on your kids. They couldn't have been more wrong. The problem represented here is, is epidemic in the body of Christ. And this is what I mean. The disciples thought that they were doing the right thing when they rebuked the people to leave that Jesus, you know, didn't have any time to, to be babysitting your kids or putting his hands on your kids or whatever it is you want them to do. They actually thought that they were doing the right thing. These are Jesus's disciples, the famous 12 apostles. How could they be this wrong and yet think they were right, May. How can this be, Esther? How can we, as disciples of Jesus, get things so completely and totally backward? The disciples rebuke the people to get away, leave Jesus alone, and then Jesus immediately rebukes the disciples. Jesus is indignant with, with, uh, with the disciples pushing the people away and says, no, 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 let them come. How often have we in the body of Christ and me myself been so convinced I was doing the will of Jesus Christ 
when in fact that was not only not his will that was completely contrary to his will do you see that the disciples think they're doing right I, I don't know how they thought that that's what's alarming to me that these are the main disciples of Jesus the super disciples and they are so badly deceived as to understanding the heart of Jesus that they do the exact opposite of what they should be doing. They should have welcomed these people. They would have said, come on, come to Jesus. Wow. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive us. I ask you to forgive me. Where, where, where I was so convinced, Lord, that I was in the will of Jesus Christ, when in fact, I, you know, it came to pass that, that, that I was not in your will. I had completely missed it and was often doing the, the opposite of your will. Holy Spirit, I ask you to open our eyes, give us eyes that see and ears that hear. Help us to diligently give ourselves to the word of God that we might truly know the will of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Master, and our King in all things. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The only way for us to prevent this is for us to be in our, in our Bible. The more time you spend in your Bible, the more you'll be on the page, the right page, knowing the will of Jesus Christ in your life. The less time we're in the word of God, the less time we spend pursuing relationship with Jesus Christ, the less we'll know and understand the will of God in our lives. It's the word of God that's the manual for how Jesus would have us to live. The word of God is the manual for how Jesus would have us to believe. The word of God gives us everything. It commands us, as we said last time, to believe in Jesus Christ. It's not a request. The Bible commands you and me to believe in Jesus, to trust in Jesus, to rely on Jesus, to live for Jesus, to love for Jesus, to give for Jesus, and to forgive for Jesus. We're commanded to do everything for Jesus. And the more we do that, the less deceived we'll be regarding our own thoughts, words, and actions. Now, why do they do this? What is the motivation for the disciples to prevent these people from bringing the little children to Jesus? Why would they do that? Well, we could postulate a few things. They could have thought that, that, you know, that Jesus was too busy. They could have thought that this was not important for Jesus to do that he had more important things to do. But I think it's most likely that, that they just wanted more Jesus for themselves in a selfish way. And, you know, Jesus was there with them in the flesh. And, uh, and they enjoyed Jesus's attention. They liked it, of course, when Jesus was talking to them and instructing them and just giving them all the the, the wonderful attention and insight, right? But now with all these other people coming, that's going to distract Jesus. And then Jesus is going to, going to want to give his attention to them. And after all, I want it all for me. And uh, Patricia and I repented this morning for the areas in our life where we can be like this. 
you know, there are times, Susanna, when, you know, when, uh, when you'll really, really, really want your husband's attention and he could be giving it to, to something else or someone else. And, and we want that to stop because we want his attention right now. How often when we want someone's attention or we feel like we need to talk about something, we're very impatient if that person is doing something else for someone else, even if it's for Jesus. Do you see that? We, we, we want what we want when we want it oftentimes. And so what I think is happening here is, is, is the disciples kind of, kind of like having Jesus to themselves. And so they justify basically saying, you know what? Jesus can't see you right now. And so, of course, we want to look into our own lives and in our own hearts and see, you know, you know, do we, do we have, or how often do we have this, this type of, uh, you know, demeanor where when we want attention from somebody or we want someone's time, um, that, that we really don't care if anyone else wants their time or needs their time. And Father, I do ask you to, to, to help us to see where we behave in this way and to forgive us and, and cleanse us of this unrighteousness. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked him. You know, what's amazing here is that it's the people who are clearly doing the will of Jesus. It's the people who are setting the example for you and me. It's the disciples, the very disciple of Jesus, who's doing the wrong thing. And so as disciples of Jesus, particularly as Christian ministers, as Christian leaders, um, as pastors, as elders, as deacons, you know, we really need to be cognizant sometimes that we, we really don't have the answer to everything and that we could be missing it and the everyday Christians that are not in church leadership, they very well may have insights that we don't have. And that's, that's a humbling thing. The disciples missed the will of Jesus and the regular people who are not Jesus' disciples, they, they are clearly in the will of Christ. And what is it that they're doing? People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him lay his hands on them. As parents today, and I'm talking first as natural parents, but it applies to us as spiritual parents as well. What, what kind of focus and effort do you make putting your children before Jesus and putting Jesus before your children? Do you have a heart to bring your children to Jesus, to, to talk to them about Jesus? If you work in childcare, or if you're a nanny, are you talking to those kids, Susanna, about Jesus, bringing up the name Jesus? There is literally nothing more important in your child's life than bringing them to Jesus. Mom, you're not as important as Jesus. We want our kids to think we're everything. 
We're not. My kids certainly don't think I'm everything. Dad, nope. That's somewhere down the priority line. The most important thing your children need and my children need, Krista and Lauren, is Jesus. And then the next thing they need is a little more Jesus. And then the last thing is a little more Jesus than that. Then sprinkle a little Jesus here and there, Scott, everywhere. What priority do you have from the time your children are in the womb, Melanie? Are you laying hands on your womb and speaking the name Jesus? Praying for your child in the womb that he might, she might know Jesus. Then when they come out of the womb, the first thing you got to say is thank you, Jesus, right? You can't even remember what you're going to name them because all you're doing, Dustin, is talking about Jesus and praising Jesus and worshiping Jesus and giving the child to Jesus for, for his service and his kingdom and his love and his knowledge. Golly, thank you, Lord Jesus. Let us have a priority of bringing our children into Jesus. As they get older, five, six, seven, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You start sharing the gospel of Jesus with them. They ought to, from the time they're born, they ought to hear you praying to Jesus, praising Jesus, worshiping Jesus, reading the Bible and reading the words of Jesus. Do you have a habit of talking to your children about Jesus? Patricia said that she got up and uh, in the morning and uh, Victoria, the, uh, her daughter, reminded her that we hadn't read the Bible yet or we hadn't prayed to Jesus yet. And she's three and a half years old. But they've been talking to that child about Jesus. Verse 14, when Jesus, see those are the only two words you need to know. When Jesus, to Jesus, for Jesus, through Jesus, when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. When he saw the disciples literally rebuking people, stopping people from bringing their children, he was indignant. And this has, this has application, as uh, Jesse brought us in Bible study, on, on every aspect. Do you try to bring the marginalized to Jesus? Remember, when they're bringing children, they're bringing, they're bringing uh, little people who can't bring themselves. Do you work to bring people to Jesus who can't come on their own? Do you bring Jesus to them? Do you have a heart to bring the marginalized to Jesus? Do you have a heart to help those come to Jesus who aren't doing very well and maybe can't get there on their own? Help us, Lord Jesus. Or do we often get in the way of it? The disciples rebuked him. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Indignant means he was mad. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Verse 15, I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Jesus wants everyone to come to him. Don't get in the way. Okay? There's nothing more important in any of our lives in any way than not only coming to Jesus, 
but bringing people to Jesus and bringing Jesus to people. And as we're going to see, it, it needs to be done in what Jesus is going to call in a, in a, in, in a childlike way. And we're going to get into what he means uh, about that. You know, so when he says, let the little children come to me and, and do not hinder them. Remember, they were trying to bring the children to Jesus so he would put his hands on them and bless them. And he says, don't, don't hinder them. And he's not just talking about little children. We shouldn't, we shouldn't hinder anyone, right? The, the, the most important thing in life is not only coming to Jesus, but bringing people to Jesus and not being a, a hindrance to that process. Right, Jose? Um, and he says, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Verse 15, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. What does he mean by this? Receive the kingdom of God like a little child. Primarily, I don't believe Jesus is speaking about going to heaven here when he says receive the kingdom of God. Um, we go to heaven by putting our trust and reliance completely in what Jesus Christ has done in our place and on our behalf. Okay. Um, and indeed, when we do that, when we when we take all trust from ourselves and put it totally and completely and only on Jesus Christ, um, we're saved from our sin. We're forgiven of our sin. Jesus comes to live in us. And certainly we go to heaven when we die. And there is an element of childlike faith there because as adults, even over going to heaven, we have oftentimes this self-serving, I can do it myself kind of pride right? Um, a child, when it comes to its father or mother, say a four or five-year-old child, it has complete and total trust in the parent for every aspect of its life. And indeed, for your salvation, for you to be saved from your sin and go to heaven when you die, you have to have that kind of trust in Jesus. You have to abandon any and all hope in yourself and in your own efforts and in your own desires and place them fully and completely on Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior and Master and King. And that's the only way to truly be saved, to be born again, uh, to have God the Father become your heavenly Father and Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior and Master and King and the Holy Spirit to be your guide and counselor is by putting your full faith and trust in Jesus Christ totally, even as a, a, a three or four or five-year-old child does their parent. But when Jesus says the kingdom of God belongs to such as these, right? He said, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. I believe what he's saying is we have to live our lives on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis in reliance and trust on Jesus Christ for every aspect of our lives. And if we will do that, we will have a lifestyle of entering into the kingdom of God today in this life. We will live in like this, uh, this rhythm of moving in the kingdom of God. 
while on earth, right? Um, but we can't do it in a self-sufficient way. We can't do it when we want to control our own life, control all the decisions in our life. We truly do need to give our lives, our day-to-day, moment-by-moment lives, completely to Jesus, you know, even as we, we did for salvation. Does that make sense? So when he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child, that's something we need to practice all the time. Uh, frankly, I, I consistently need to repent of not having a childlike faith regarding my day-to-day affairs, regarding my day-to-day walk with Jesus, um, regarding just how I handle relationships. Again, in the, in the Bible study I did with, uh, with Patricia, we both confess that we are not thy will be done people. That, that more often than not, we, we handle our lives saying, my will be done. Where, of course, Jesus has told us and set the example for us when he came to the Father and said, Father, not my will but thine be done. And so much of my life is seemingly, Father, not thy will, but mine be done. And then I wonder why things are not working the way I would like them to work. So, Father, I do ask you to forgive us, and I ask you to help us to live our lives um, and and receive the kingdom of God on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day, decision-by-decision basis, like a little child that we might truly enter into the kingdom of God in this life and experience life in the kingdom of God in this life. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, Thank you, Lord Jesus. Um, Look at verse 16. And he took the children in his arms and put his hands on them, and he blessed them. And... You know, this, it, uh, this should be the greatest desire of our lives is to walk in the blessing of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And to help others to be blessed by Jesus. And look, at Jesus is willing to do it. Jesus will rebuke anyone who tries to get in the way of it. Jesus does have time for you. He truly has time for you today, Robin. He has time for you, Peyton. He has time for you, Ireland. Jesus wants to put his hands on you now and bless you. And sometimes you're going to have to, sometimes you're going to have to keep pressing in. You're going to have to take it's going to take a little bit of endurance, right, Josh? Sometimes it's going to, it's going to take, you know, you just, just continuing to persist because sometimes some folks will get in your way. These people are trying to get to Jesus because they're trying to get a blessing from Jesus and it's not even for themselves. They're trying to get other people, these children, blessed by Jesus And that's a teaching in itself, right? Do we have a heart to see other people blessed 
by Jesus, Jesse. And the disciples getting away. So you're going to have to persist. Sometimes you'll have to persist. And, you know, you may have gotten your feelings hurt at church. You may have had, you may have had all kinds of problems with the church and with different aspects of Christianity. And it may have been from, from devout Christians. These are disciples that have made this mistake. But that, that's not nothing to do with Jesus. You need to keep pressing forward. And pressing into Jesus. We need to be forgiving for those who have uh, mistreated us. And we need to just continue to look. And Jesus will put his arms around you as his children. He'll put his hands on you, verse 16, and he'll bless you. And is there, is there any single thing in this life ever that sounds better than Jesus right now putting his hands on you, Wendy, and blessing you? And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What does Jesus mean when he says in verse 14 that the kingdom of God belongs to such as these? Because we want to be such as these. We want our lives to more and more and more be such as these, right? And this, he uses the example of children. See, um, obviously we need to bring our, our, our children to Jesus, but he's using children as an example for how you and I need to be. We need to have this kind of complete and total devotion and reliance on Jesus Christ. We need to understand that it's by his grace and his mercy that not only are we saved, but, but that our lives flow on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis. It is by his mercy that, that our lives flow. Not by, by our own goodness, not by our own efforts. We certainly do need to devote ourselves to Jesus. We need to apply ourselves to Jesus. We need to press into Jesus, but we don't do it like we are, you know, like we've got it all figured out. We need to do it with a, with, with, with a, with a childlike faith and reliance on him, knowing that we are children, little children, knowing very little before our heavenly father. If you can imagine how much a three-year-old child knows compared to its mother or father, how much do you think you know presently right now compared to your heavenly father, compared to your father in heaven? I would venture to say that at whatever amount the parent knows more than the three-year-old child, our Heavenly Father knows a million times more than that than we know right now 
When I say we, I mean the best of us, the wisest of us. And so we need to consistently come to him with that humility. And in that, we will be able to move in the kingdom of God in this life. We'll be able to experience the kingdom of God in this life as well as have salvation in the next life. Does that make sense? But we cannot posture ourselves before Jesus, before our heavenly father, before the Holy Spirit, like we know what's best, like we know what's going on. Because when we do that, we can be so backward that we will rebuke people for trying to bring people to Jesus. And make no mistake, the very fact that this is in our Bible is there to teach us and to show us what aspects of our lives as disciples of Jesus, we could be on the opposite side of the will and heart of Jesus Christ. We are capable of these things and it's because we don't come to him like little children. When the disciples did this, they were in no way acting like little children. They were acting in the opposite way. Finishing up here, I want to make a, a, a final point about our heart and the heart we have and how we seek Jesus in these things. Jesse made an incredible point in the Bible study. He said that when you come to Jesus, when you come to your heavenly father, do you come like a little child just wanting to be with him? Or do you just go to him for what you can get from him? And I confess that I am, uh, I am certainly guilty of, of more often than not consistently going to my heavenly father more for his hand than for his face. King David said he sought the face of God. He just wanted to spend time with Jesus. And Jesse made the point that when his daughter comes running to him, she doesn't want anything but just to be with him and just to, to hang out with him and spend time with him. Doesn't want anything else. If she, if she has him, she has all she needs. Victoria has all she needs when she has her father or her mother. And that's how we need to be when we come to our heavenly father. We need to come to him more and more and more just to be with him, just because we want him and his presence just because we want to cultivate relationship with him and grow to know him and grow to walk with him. Not to, to come to him only and try to get things from him. Now, certainly we do need to, to ask him for things, right? We are told that we need to, uh, he tells us that we can pray and make requests of him for different things in our lives and prayers on behalf of others in their life. But we really want our 
our relationship with Jesus and our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit to more and more and more be one like a little child. That when we go to our Heavenly Father, we're just going to Him because we just want to be together. We just want to spend time together. We just want to get to know Him. We want to get to know what He's like. And we do that by getting to know Jesus. And you get to know Jesus by spending time with Jesus, by spending time in your Bible, by spending time in prayer and in thanksgiving and in worship. And when you do this, and if you'll do this, you will experience the kingdom of God and you'll enter into the kingdom of God in this life in a way that you or I didn't know possible. Because really, this is what it means to have a, a childlike faith, right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. We thank you for this incredible account in the gospel of Mark. Father, we do ask you to help us to bring not only all the little children to Jesus, Father, but to, to bring all the nominalized to Jesus, to bring everyone to Jesus, Lord, who, who's having a hard time finding him themselves. Help us, Father, that that would be our lifestyle. Father, I ask you to, to just, just forgive us. Forgive me when we have, we have been so absurdly backward and when we have, uh, we have been more of a problem than we've been in help, Lord. And Lord Jesus, I, uh, I ask you to help us to repent. Even as you told the disciples where they were out of place, I pray you would speak to us, Lord Jesus, and that we would hear you that we could hear your indignation. Lord Jesus, when you're indignant with aspects of our, life, of our lives that are out of place, I, I pray we would hear that above our own voice, above our own desires, above our own will. Father, I ask you to, uh, to help us again to not hinder anyone from entering into the kingdom of God be it for salvation or for lifestyle. And Father, I pray that you would help us to receive the kingdom of God like a little child. Help us to seek your face, Father, to seek relationship and intimacy with you and not just your hand, that we might truly enter into and experience the kingdom of God right now in this life like never before. And finally, Lord Jesus, above all things, we pray that this day, over everyone that hears this, that you would put your hands on us and that you would bless us. For Lord, that's what we want, is we want the blessing of Jesus Christ our Lord. And Father, we ask you to help us that this would be the priority of our lives, the blessing of Jesus, not only on us, but on all those we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. For more information about our ministry, please visit www.kingdomd.org. If you'd like to email us directly, you can reach us at contact at kingdomd.org.